Today is Wednesday, September the 13th, 2023. I'm Mark Beavis. Welcome to the program. On the show today, the Canadian government is stepping in to enforce its power in a couple of different instances. First of all, the Canadian Bankers Association is fighting back against the government, saying that newly implemented taxes are just too harsh. We'll cover that story. Also, the Minister of Innovation, Science and Industry is coming down hard on Rogers, and it's mandating that it allows its competition access to their infrastructure build. I have a few merger and earnings stories to report. And finally, McDonald's is adapting to the new fast food reality. Let's get started with today's news. In most cases, it's pretty hard to feel sorry for the big banks here in Canada, but there have been a number of recent changes that are actually hitting the sector uh, pretty hard. And as a result of this, the Canadian Bankers Association is calling on Ottawa to stop targeting financial institutions with measures that are aimed to extract billions and billions of dollars to help the Canadian economy cover from the enormous pandemic spending. Um, over the past couple of years, Ottawa has imposed three new taxes which are specifically designed to target banks and insurance companies. And in each of these cases, the taxes were imposed without any industry consultation and this is a dramatic departure from the normal practice. For any of us who hold shares in Canadian banks, we know that they've been going through a very difficult period so far in 2023. In the most recent round of earnings reportings, uh, most of the banks missed their earnings expectations. The whole sector shared that they were aggressively cutting staff and the uh, overall goal here is to reduce expenses in what they call a very challenging environment. In an interview, uh, the CBA Chief Executive Officer, Anthony Osler, he said, we have had significant discourse with the federal government, but it's falling on deaf ears. Also in support of the banks, there's been three very influential groups here in Canada that have joined in on the discussions. We have the TMX Group, we have the Canadian Chamber of Commerce and the Business Council of Canada. Uh, they've all joined the CBA and asking that the government re uh, revisit these policies. The Ministry of Finance is taking the stance that during the pandemic, the financial institutions made significant profits during this time, and they were also in a position that they could recover more quickly than the general economy. And as such, they're actually asking the banks to chip in more to help in the economic recovery. In this March's federal budget, there was an amendment to the tax treatment of dividends that are paid uh, on Canadian shares held by financial institutions. And with this change, the nature uh, of the income would change from dividends to business income. And obviously from a tax perspective, that's not good for the banks. It's estimated that this change alone is expected to generate $3.15 billion over five years, starting in 2024. And then after that, it's expected to generate an additional $790 million annually. And this is coming on the banks, uh, or the backs rather, of the banks and the insurance companies. Now in other tax changes, in what's known as the Canada Recovery Dividend, big banks again and life insurers, they now need to pay a temporary 15% charge on the average of their 2021 and 2020 taxable income above a billion dollars. Again, this is payable over a five-year time period and it is expected to raise another $3 billion. Lastly, on this topic, the government has made a permanent change to the sector's corporate income tax rate. They've increased it by 1.5 percentage points, so it now is 16.5%. And this is an amount that's payable on profits over $100 million for both banks and insurance companies. Banking executives are saying that they don't mind chipping in, but they feel that the government is unfairly picking on the financial industry. They also note that the climate has changed significantly over the past year and they're asking for some relief from these harsh measures. Just to put a little cherry on top, Ottawa has also introduced a new 2% tax on uh, share buybacks and this is applicable to all different companies, but it does additional burden to the uh, large financial services sector. So if you join me in feeling sorry for this group, uh, let me know in the comments below. 
Back in April of this year, Rogers Communications bought a company called BAI Canada. This is a branch of an Australian telecommunications infrastructure company. And with that purchase, it came the sole right to develop the wireless infrastructure inside of Toronto's subway system, which they've gone ahead and done. Uh, after the purchase, they got to work and they've recently launched their 5G service on what they're saying are the busiest sections uh, of the subway system. They had been in discussions, this being Rogers, uh, regarding sharing access to the system with their arch rivals, uh, Bell Canada and with Talis. But to this point, the group had not been able to come to an amenable uh, agreement. In what I would consider to be a rather heavy-handed manner, a Canadian Minister of Innovation, Science and Industry, Francois-Philippe Champagne, he is now forcing Rogers to give its competitors access to the wireless network uh, by October 3rd, so in a very, very short time frame. He's also mandating that all wireless carriers that offer the service in Toronto, that, uh, that they have agreements in place uh, to provide service within the next 100 days. The ministry is in charge of issuing licenses for the spectrum, the, you know, the airwaves that are used to transmit wireless services. And with the uh, issuance of those licenses, it also retains the ability to go in after the fact and amend or impose additional conditions. On a press conference that was held on Monday, Mr. Champagne told reporters, it's sad that we have to do this to force them to do so, but I think now they understand that we mean business. Rogers says that while they have launched the service after significant infrastructure buildup, if they were to immediately open it up to all competition, the service wouldn't be able to handle all of the volume. And a spokesperson said that there would be significant customer experiences uh, for Bell, Talos, and Rogers customers, including interruptions in, a, in connectivity and also with dropped calls. The company says that almost certainly the system would quickly become oversubscribed and people wouldn't even be able to make calls or send texts at peak times. Hey folks, as many of you know, in addition to this YouTube channel, we also have the Investing Academy. This is our online platform and we work with Canadians of all ages from across the country to help educate about investing and financial issues in general. The course material is designed to take you from a raw beginner to a fully confident investor. I will put a link in the description of this video and maybe check us out. Now back to the video. Shares of Hostess were up around 20% on Monday after JM Smucker announced that it would be buying uh, the company for $5.6 billion. Now, um, Hostess first announced that it would be shopping for potential buyers back in August. And since then, the shares are up for a, a total of around 43% since it was first announced. Smucker's is very well known for its brands such as Folgers Coffee, uh, both Jif and Adam's Peanut Butters, uh, Bic Pickles. They also have uh, Robin Hood and Five Roses flower products. And of course they have their Smucker's jams. For your furry friends, they also have Meow Mix, Mealbone, Milebone, and Pepperoni. Hostess of course is known for its uh, meal staples, Twinkies. They also sell Ding Dongs, they sell Zingers, Ho-Hos and Snowball snacks. They also sell healthy breakfast options such as coffee cakes, donuts, jumbo donuts, and jumbo honey buns. The deal is a continuation of a trend of increased mergers in the US packaged food industry um, in recent months. In other recent mergers in this space, Campbell Soup uh, bought Sovos brands for $2.7 uh, billion rather, and Sovos sells Italian branded foods such as Rio's sauces and uh, Michelangelo's frozen foods. Um, also back in June, Unilever announced that it was acquiring Yasso Holdings, which makes premium Greek yogurt. The Smucker's Hostess deal is expected to close in the third quarter of the current fiscal year. On Tuesday, Canadian retailer Roots Corporation reported and they came in with a loss of $5.3 million in the latest quarter. And that compares with a loss of $3.2 million a year earlier. Uh, this coming in despite the fact that sales were actually higher in the quarter. 
In the second quarter, uh, which ended on July 29th, sales totaled $49.4 million. So that was up from $47.8 million a year earlier. However, it's direct to consumer sales, which includes its uh, corporate retail stores, its e-commerce sales. They were $37.1 million, and that is down from $38.5 million a year ago. The company says that the decrease was uh, driven by a challenging economic conditions and by a competitive promotional environment. Shares of Oracle were down 13% on Tuesday after the company lowered its revenue guidance and reported current earnings below what the markets had expected. Revenue came in at $12.4 billion, and that's slightly below the uh, expectation of $12.47 billion. So it wasn't a big miss there. But as far as guidance is concerned, Oracle projected a range of 5 to 7% revenue growth in the second quarter, and that comes below the 8% growth rate that was expected by the analysts. In its earnings release, the company declared growth of 9% year over year in the first quarter of 2024. A net income in the quarter was up $2.42 billion and that compares with $1.55 billion um, in the same quarter last year. So those are pretty good numbers. But despite these numbers, traders bid the shares down uh, pretty significantly. Oracle's cloud services and license support segment saw strong revenues of $9.55 billion for the quarter. That's up 13% year over year. However, the cloud license and on-premises license segment saw revenues of $809 million. That's 10% lower than what the street consensus was. Um, hardware revenue declined 6% year over year, coming in at $714 million. And again, in this segment, um, analysts were projecting revenue of $739 million, so a significantly higher number. With consumer behavior changing so materially since the pandemic, McDonald's has made the decision that they're going to eliminate its self-serve soda machines from its U.S. restaurants. And they're planning on doing this not tomorrow, but by the end of 2032. So quite a quite a runway there. If you've been into McDonald's, you've definitely seen a, a steady stream of customers either filling or refilling their own drinks in its restaurant dining rooms. And you know, personally, I've always wondered how this model made sense, but obviously there's brighter minds than, than mine that were running the ship there. So that's the way that it has been. However, the restaurant chain is seeing a surge in drive-through business as well as delivery services. So a lot fewer people are, char are choosing to actually go into the dining rooms as a result, they uh, say it's reducing the need for customer-operated machines. Digital sales, they say, such as orders made on its app or through delivery partners such as Uber Eats, they now make up 40% of McDonald's total sales. Something that at one point not that long ago would have been inconceivable that dining rooms didn't take up the largest part of the footprint of a, of a fast uh, food chain. Customer habits have changed so much since the pandemic that McDonald's has announced that they're actually reconfiguring restaurants to have smaller or in some cases, no dining rooms at all. Thursday, tomorrow, the ECB, the European Central Bank, will make its rate decision. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, those numbers as uh, so, some insight into the global economy. Um, I update this news segment on Mondays and Wednesdays, so I invite you to subscribe so you won't miss uh, future episodes. Uh, I will put a link for our Investing Academy in the description of this video. And as always, I thank you for watching. I look forward to seeing you in the next video.